Welcome to CO Interviews, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives about what's going on with their companies with us today. We're happy to have him back after a bit of a hiatus. Kelvin Burton, he's the head of investor relations at American Creek Resources, trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the stock symbol AMK. For those of you who are new to the story, American Creek, it's a great story. They've got a great portfolio of gold properties in British Columbia's prolific Golden Triangle, which is one of the richest areas of mineralization in the world. It contains numerous uh, world-scale deposits, including the high-grade Bruce Jack Mine, Seabridge's KSM, which boasts the largest undeveloped gold deposit by reserves in the world. The southern half of the system that they sit on contains about 190 million ounces of gold, 1.2 billion ounces of silver, 55 billion, 55 billion pounds of copper. That's how big the numbers are. They get me, they get me tongue twisted. Uh, and their flagship Treaty Creek is joint venture with Tudor Gold, whose CEO Walter Storm funded Osisco to become uh, a world-class gold mine. American Creek owns 20% of fully carried interest on what looks like is a rapidly uh, developing world-class deposit. Uh, and to that end, Eric Sprott back in July 4, 2020 said, um, it certainly looks like they have 20 million ounces and they could easily get 30 or 40 or 50 million ounces of gold. Kelvin, let's talk about it. Welcome back. Hey, good to be with you again, George. Well, let's start off first, first with, uh, you know, the headline we're talking about is the initial mineral resource estimate, 19.4 million ounces measured and indicated. It looks like, and, and 7.9 million ounces of, uh, of, uh, of inferred. Mm -hmm. So it looks like your initial resource calculation exceeded Eric's prediction. You're on your way to some of his higher predictions. What do you think? Well, well that's exactly what it's looking like, George. Um, very, very impressive. And we're going to go over the details of that in just a moment. But um, the potential on this is, is, is just crazy. And I think we are on our way to uh, what Eric was talking about after I explained to you what's happening this year in uh, the program that's taking place up at Treaty Creek. So now there's a report out that, you know, most layman investors don't. It's called the 43101. Uh, it came out with the resource calculation that gets into a, a lot of the detail. Mm -hmm. A lot of those details are so are, are hard for you know a lot of investors to keep up with and what they're what they really mean, right? So yeah, what are some of the key takeaways from that report? Sure, it, it is a tough slogging report. There's there's a lot of pages to it, but there are some key elements that I think are important, and and one of them is actually um, when we look at the the large hydrothermal system that we're in. So it's called the Sulfurets Hydrothermal System. And as you mentioned in your introduction, it actually includes uh, the deposits that are on Seabridge's land, namely the KSM deposits. It also includes uh, the Bruce Jack and uh, that, that's owned by Predium and Snowfield, which was owned by Predium and now by Seabridge. And that's the southern half of the system. And then, of course, Treaty Creek is the northern half of the system. And a lot of these deposits, they're large porphyry deposits that are copper deposits with some gold and silver. <clears throat> and what's different about the gold storm deposit, which is one of what we think could be many deposits on Treaty Creek, is that it's a gold deposit <clears throat> with some copper and silver on it. And so, as you mentioned in your introduction there, those numbers were 
gold equivalent ounces to be able to give you a sense of, of what it's worth in gold right now. But most over about 90% of it is actually just gold. Um, having said that, if you break it down, there's, there's quite a bit of copper and silver on there as well. So I'm just going to give you a quick breakdown of what that actually looks like, George. So <clears throat> in terms of just the actual gold, under measured and indicated, there's 17.33 million ounces. Under inferred, there's 7.22 for a total of 24.5 million ounces of gold. For silver, under MI, there's 93.41. And under inferred, there's another 40.57 million ounces of silver for a total of 133.98 million ounces of silver. And then for copper, <clears throat> measured and indicated is just over a billion pounds and another 300, 330 million ounces inferred. So you put those together and it's just over 1.4 billion pounds of copper. So even though those don't make up a lot, the thing is so big that it, we still have over a billion pounds, or about 1.4 billion pounds of copper, uh, all categories and 130 close to 134 million ounces of silver, all categories, and, and just under 25 million ounces of gold. When we put that all together and account it for gold, it works out to 19.4 million ounces measured and indicated and another 7.9 million inferred. And just if someone doesn't know what- So that's, that's if you take it all as gold and measure just as a gold equivalent, those are the numbers. Yes, exactly. And just if, if, if people aren't familiar, uh, measured and indicated is is uh, a tighter spacing. It's more confidence that it's there, and therefore it's actually worth more. And quite often, when your company is being valued, it's being based on measured and indicated. And then inferred means that it, that the um, the spacing in this case is is wider, and that'll be one of the goals is to move that over to measured and indicated because that's usually what your company is actually based on when they're talking about you know, what you're worth in terms of uh, dollars per ounce, that type of thing. And the work isn't done because it's not as if, all right, that's it, work's done. We, and by the way, if it was, those would be fantastic numbers. Yes. Uh, but Treaty Creek is open in all directions. So what I want to do is talk about the size and scale, and more importantly, seeing is believing. So maybe what we're going to do here is uh, share some slides. Sure. All right, so let me give me a minute just to pop that open. Yeah, and while, while you do that, George, I'll just mention that um, it's the gold storm deposit on Treaty Creek that is open in all directions. And Treaty Creek, we think there's actually the potential for at least four major deposits and a, and a bunch of other smaller, higher grade ones as well. So, <clears throat> and uh, uh, this, this slide here is a, is a perfect example of that. Now, what this slide is showing is is a bigger issue and it's the reason why projects like Treaty Creek are in big demand right now. Um, <clears throat> what this is showing is it's, it's actual uh, production taking place and the, uh, the black bars there, those are um, over 6 million ounces uh, uh, deposits. Uh, the, the light blue is, or the medium blue is one to 6 million ounces. And uh, the light, the lightest blue is, is under 1 million ounces. And <clears throat> what this is showing here, if you can see my, my, my mouse on there. Okay, is I that... can't see your mouse yet. You know, you uh, just hit that button where it's, it's waiting for you to control the screen. Is it there? There you go. 
Okay, great. So what this is showing is, I mean, this goes all the way back to <laughs> when I was born, 1970. Um, but it's showing in the in the last little while here that the discoveries are way down, and that's just a reality of it. Uh, the fact that that's gold an understatement. Way yeah. down is an understatement. <laughs> gold is being produced far faster than it's being discovered, and so uh, and it takes a while to put a mine into production. So um, the crunch is on now to be able to get uh, deposits and to be able to get large deposits, in particular, what we call generational deposits, which would be these, these black bars down here. And as you can see, <clears throat> there's not many of them around. This discovery is one of the largest ones uh, in the last 30 years, as far as a gold discovery is concerned. And this, this bottom line across here, where you can see the last few years have been, that's about 20 million ounces of gold, all categories. And, in, and of course, in this case, we had 27 million ounces of gold, you know, so which is greater than everything else discovered over the last uh, couple of years here. And so um, it's, it's very significant, um, <clears throat> but you can see that it's trending downwards here. And that's why these large scale deposits where there's a consistency to the grade and they know that they can produce for instead of five to 12 years, that maybe 15 or 20 or 25 or 40 years, those ones are in huge demand because of that graph right there. By the but, way, uh, just something I'm inferring, I don't want to interrupt you, but I see that like uh, in, that, in, in the 1980s, you see a spike in discoveries. In uh, mm -hmm. the 2000s, you see a spike, which were preceded by times just like this, where there was low, uh, low discovery. So I have to presume that low discoveries drives the prices higher. And yes. that's why you get more and more discovery action going on because price brings in investments. So do you think that's where we're going? Um, yes, there's, there's no doubt that there's another chart that I didn't put on here <laughs> that, that shows that investment is increasing dramatically right now because of the fact that gold price is going up. And as there's a scarcity of product, then prices continue to go up. I know, I know that a lot of the discussion about prices going up is involved with printing fiat currencies into oblivion and everything else, but there actually still are those market forces where when there's not as much as something and it's hard to get, prices go up. And I think that's what's going to happen with, with projects that are the very best projects is that they will get bidding wars on them and that type of thing uh, because companies really need to make sure that they're looking a long ways out and securing the resources in the ground so that they can produce it down the road. And speaking of you know tracking, uh, last year uh, as the price of gold started to really move, uh, uh, American Creek had a great move in its stock price, uh, and it's kind of settled back in, still still holding. But uh, what are your comments, if any? Because uh, we can't make any, uh, we can't provide investment advice as to whether you're undervalued, overvalued, or but and any comment on any comment on price activity that you want to address with the shareholders. Uh, sure, that's no problem at all. Um, there's actually a graph I'm going to show in a couple of slides here that actually will show that, but I'm happy to talk about it right now. And that is that we we did go up with the price of gold last year, and then we started to slide back in the fall uh, to where we are right now. And I believe that, well, right now, as we know, gold has started to move back up again. There's always a lag in there. And uh, I believe that we will be uh, going up along with the price of gold, uh, simply because when you have that many ounces in the ground, they have to be accounted for. And when you're looking at adding the number of ounces that we think that we will have this year, 
I think there'll be a huge discrepancy there. So um, I, I really do think that we're terribly undervalued and I'll get into that in a little bit more detail uh, with a graph to be able to show you that George in just a minute. Um, but going back to the, the size of this thing, uh, this is a, a different uh, graph here showing that um, as far as initial resources are concerned, and that's what wow. we had this year was our initial resource calculation. If you were to add up all of the companies on the TSX and the TSX Venture, add them all together uh, in 2019, which was the last year that we had this uh, calculation done, uh, they, they found 15.6 million ounces of gold. The largest one was I am gold, which it was just over 3 million ounces. And the smallest one here, it was 33,000 ounces. So put this into perspective. Um, <laughs> we, we have about you know, close to half again, as much of uh, as everyone else put together, uh, just with this uh, one deposit called Goldstorm on Treaty Creek. And as you mentioned, we don't know where the edges of it are yet. We're, we're still looking for those. And if I go to the next slide here, um, <clears throat> uh, this one here is showing discoveries by area or ge geographical area uh, over a 10 year period. That was from 26 to 2016. And if, if you look in the middle here, you'll see that uh, Russia and United States had 27 million ounces, uh, which is about what we have uh, just on the one deposit and, and not far behind Canada. So, you know, you and I have talked um, and shown slides and stuff of showing, you know, this deposit is a couple times uh, taller than the CN Tower and it would take up, you know, the main waterfront of Toronto or, or downtown uh, Minneapolis and, and that type of thing. But in this case, is it's showing how big this is compared to what everyone else is finding. And, and, and it's a monster. Yeah, that headline puts it, uh, to put this huge gold resource in the, <laughs> this number is equal to all discoveries made by all companies in the USA or Russia within 10 years from 2006 to 2016. Yeah. Exactly. So the bottom line is it says at the bottom here, it, it just shows that, you know, 10 million ounce plus type of deposits are, are just really rare. And fortunately, in this case, it's in Canada. And that's becoming worth more and more, George, um, as we start to see uh, political unrest. Uh, there's a, another Vancouver company who has a, a project in uh, Kyrgyzstan. And uh, there's problems with that one politically and the government there seizing the project. And there's big concerns over uh, projects going on in Peru right now because of the election that's coming up. And it looks like uh, the communist guy may take the elections. Those are big game changers when you already have all your, your stuff there. You can't take your ball and go home. You have to leave it there. And so uh, being in Canada is, is becoming a much more weighted um, element in the decision-making as to where these majors want to put their, their next big mines. All right, so there's no doubt we've kind of framed the size of this initial resource estimate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, why don't you show us this first? I was gonna ask you about, you know, oh. where do we go from here? Uh, as far as work on the project goes? Well, what, 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 so this was gonna ask. Uh, we framed how big this initial resource estimate is. Oh, okay. How big it's it is. Amazing yeah, okay. how you framed it. And that really puts into perspective. Where it, do we go from here? Uh, sure. What, well, what as far as the program, program? I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. But um, 
you know, in, in terms of the, going back to your question that you asked just a, a few moments ago about, you know, our valuation and that type of thing, I, I really think that the entire project is terribly undervalued. Um, and, and when we look at uh, the operator, um, <clears throat> Tudor Gold, um, who is a great operator and, and they're doing a fantastic job of this. Um, if you look at what the marketplace is valuing them at right now. So in, in this case, we've actually kind of cut off the, the right-hand corner of the chart uh, with our images. <laughs> but what it shows is it does show the, the value of gold going up and then taking a recess back from uh, last fall. Uh, but right now, uh, junior valuations sit at $67 an ounce gold. So that's where they've taken all, all the juniors who have ounces and they've calculated what their stock price is, what their market cap is, and they divide it by the amount of ounces of gold that they have. And so th this is a USD uh, number. And the other important thing about this, and that's just, it's just using the measured and indicated category, not the inferred. So in our case, it's using 19.4 million ounces. So what it's showing is that uh, if you go look at the slide just before us here, it was showing that the Fundamental Research uh, Group did a fantastic report on Tudor Gold and on Treaty Creek, and they based or targeted their valuation for it at, at just over $5. Oh, thank you. <laughs> at, um, at just over $5 uh, uh, per share for uh, Tudor Gold. And when you look at that, they're actually valuing uh, the number of ounces that they have, which is 60% of what Treaty Creek has, it's $78 an ounce. And then RBC Capital uh, just came out with a report as well. And they're the ones who are saying that um, the average overall is $67 per ounce of gold. And again, that's USD. So that's in Canadian. Yeah, yeah. So, so in, in Canadian dollars, that's eighty-one dollars an ounce. So now, if we if we move forward and we look at the this screen here, um, when we look at Tudor right now in the marketplace is only being valued at forty dollars <laughs> an ounce, which is just terribly undervalued compared to. Pardon me, Kelvin. Sorry about well, that. Yeah, no worries. Um, but when you look at the $78 an ounce, which is the target price for fundamental research, and you look at the $81 an ounce, which is the average, uh, Tudor is terribly undervalued right now uh, for what they already have, let alone any programs this year. And then when you look at American Creek, we're actually only being valued at $24, to $24 an ounce, and they're the exact same ounces as Tudor's are. So um, we're, we're even more undervalued by about half, right? Uh, when you look at us at 24 and, and, and 40, but when you compare that $24 an ounce to again, what was projected at, at $78 an ounce or the average, which is $81 an ounce, we're, we're just terribly undervalued right now. So I, I think we're literally one of the best values that's out there if we weren't running a program. Do, do you think but, it may be a case of it's almost too good to be true? And, uh, and, and, you know, because that initial resource estimate, again, we framed it in so many different ways. It's yes. unbelievable relative to everything else. It, it is. And it's also a matter of just the news getting out. There's a lot of people who still don't know uh, about, about the companies. And, and uh, I, I can say that 
uh, Tudor is doing a great job since the resource calculation came out. They're doing a great job at getting that word out and, and we always do our best to do that as well. And so I think part of it is just a matter of time and exposure and people realizing what this is and the potential that they have uh, on it. So let's talk about, you know, where we go from here. Sure. So where we go from here is, is two things. I think that, that this uh, price that we have will increase as uh, gold increases and as the program increases and as our, our marketing does. As far as gold is concerned, let's deal with that one first. So um, everyone can have their own opinion about gold. I certainly have mine. Uh, it's, it's kind of a clue, George, when they stop counting the M2 money supply that, that they're just gonna print into oblivion. Right. So they've literally stopped counting the main uh, measurement for money, M2. So that tells you, it gives you a good hint as to how much more money is coming down the pipe here. So um, I, I really do think the gold will continue to rise and very strongly. But my opinion doesn't really matter. But guys like Ronnie Stofferle, his opinion does matter. He's one of the two authors of the In Gold We Trust report which is the industry standard for everyone out there. So all the experts and gurus on gold read this report. And this year they came out with two versions that will usually come out with two versions, but, but the, the condensed one's only 24 pages, but the expanded one is 355 pages long. So, uh, but it's very in depth. I recommend that, that everyone should read it. Um, it's again, like I say, it's, it's what all the gurus read and everything else and you can get download either version. I'll have that on our website for you to be able to, to be able to pick up, or you can just type in in gold we trust in, in your browser and it'll come up. It's a free report. And uh, so- Yeah, the Wall Street Journal, by the way, raves about it, you know, yeah. as a go-to, as a go-to reading source for, yeah. for anyone investing in gold or gold related projects. Exactly. So there's two points I just want to take out of this. One is that that Ronnie is actually so keen on Treaty Creek and its potential that he actually became one of the members of the board for our partner, Tudor Gold. And, and that's huge feather in their cap and for the whole project in general. And so um, the other thing is what he says in his report. Now, I'm not really going to do a great job of summing up 355 pages, but in a presentation that, that Ronnie did, he, he gave us about six or eight points here. I'm just going to talk about the last couple ones because we don't have time to talk about them all. But in here, he, in here he, he does mention he thinks cryptocurrencies will not replace physical gold as, as a store of value, that mining stocks will have the most profitable year in history in 2021. And uh, they expect gold in the by the end of the year to go up to about $2,700 and by the end of the decade to, to about $4,800. So um, I will I will rely on him and his expertise as to where gold's going. And when gold goes up, then that value that each company has in terms of uh, the amount of dollars per ounce is going to go up as well. And so that, that's very significant. And then as far as the program is concerned, um, as we add more ounces, uh, that's going to go up as well. Um, just before I talk about the program, um, I just took two screenshots off our website because I want people to be aware of this. So whether it's this report by Ronnie or some of the other reports that I showed you some graphics of earlier, 
Uh, they are on our website. You just scroll down from the top. You'll you'll come to latest news and quick links. And we have a corporate presentation. We have management interviews, which this will be on, and then project reports. And that one there has all kinds of reports from Stansbury Research, Fundamental Research, Commodity uh, TV, um, uh, another one out of England, and uh, JS Research uh, report out of Germany. There's got to be about a dozen very, very of them helpful. there. Yeah, so, so so you can go check those out. But but let's talk about uh, what's what's going on this year and uh, how that's going to be expanded. So, George, you already mentioned that the gold storm here, uh, we haven't found the edges of yet. And that's one of their goals this year. In fact, they have a couple of phases. So they've announced phase one drilling and their focus on phase one drilling is the gold storm. And what they want to do is move the majority of the 7.9 million ounces of inferred over to measured and indicated, which will increase the value of the company by about 40% right there. Um, and then they still need to find the edges of it. So uh, Ken actually told me, he said, you know, last year, I think we had about 72 out of 74 holes that hit or something like that. And one of those was they just didn't get to their target area. Um, he says, I'm actually looking for, uh, you know, uh, duds, <laughs> dusters this year to try and see how, if we found the edge of this thing or not. So uh, they, they are going to expand the gold storm on top of moving the inferred over uh, to measured and indicated. Um, and that'll be the focus of phase one. And that's already started with four drills up there right now. And that's and a serious campaign, right? Four oh, drills. Oh, yes. I mean yeah, exactly. They announced 30,000 meters uh, so far. They have four drills up there right now. Uh, they are on, on the glacier right now. And then what happens is when the snow melts on the edge here, then they'll bring in two more to, to put up in, into there as well. And so uh, the overall campaign that they're looking at for the whole thing is, is 50,000 meters plus. And so uh, what's actually really good about this picture is you can see the, the four major deposits that we think are there. There's some that aren't even listed on, on this, but you can see the major ones, that's Goldstorm. Um, and on either side of it, the, what they're calling the Northeast Anomalies or what was known as the Orpiment Zone in the past and the, and the Perfect Storm and the Eureka over Hold here. Per perfect Storm, if I can interrupt you for a second. Yeah, sure. Can we talk about that? deposit sure. in particular even though not a whole lot of work has been done there but no you know, the, oh, the potential okay. there seems to be another gold storm or bigger that's true and when i have uh, shareholders calling me they're they're usually asking about the perfect storm because that's the one they're really excited about come um, on i <laughs> i, I should say good enough with what it's given you to date yeah <laughs> i, I I, I will say this before we move to the perfect storm, just looking at the gold storm really quickly and, and back to what that NI43101 told us is not, not only is it really big, but the recovery uh, is really good to, uh, as well. They had 96 to 98% gold recovery in a pyrite concentrate, uh, which is just fantastic. And there's a lot of different ways to be able to separate uh, the gold and the pyrite, um, either on site or because of the logistics and everything. Um, it uh, could be done off site as well. But uh, uh, that's fantastic. The, the grade that they have is right in the neighborhood of all the other mines in the area that are producing, ones moving towards production. And uh, the last thing is that 300 zone. So if we just jump back one slide again uh, there, George, um, 
the 300 zone, if, if anyone hasn't followed us yet, is just really the top 300 meters uh, of the gold storm. And, and it grades out really close to a, a gram per ton gold. And that's the, the richest areas right at surface. So it, it's showing potential to be able to have an open pit mine there and start off with that and be able to mine for quite a few years, pay off your capex, and then be able to go for everything else. So what I'm saying is, Really, the Gold Storm itself is is a huge company maker and a huge uh, potential for a mine. Now we get to Gold uh, the the perfect storm. And George, if you could control the screen again, I was just moving around. Yeah, okay. Around. Yeah, no problem. So, um, <clears throat> Ken Conkin, who is the head geologist for Tudor Gold, and uh, just if anyone didn't know by this point. Um, he was the head geologist for Silver Standard when they, they took over uh, the Bruce Jack. Uh, uh, and um, he was the one who left that company and, and started Predium and then developed that into a mine uh, in 2017, retired. And then when he saw what was going on here, he had to be part of this. So he's the perfect guy for the job. He knows the area extremely well. Um, and when he's kind of a, a kid in a candy store, to be honest with you on, on this project, because there's so many things to look at, but his focus is on finding the center of mass of this, this whole thing. So the, the perfect storm is the next one that he's looking at. And, and he actually referred to it as the perfect structural storm. And here are the reasons why. Uh, let's just look at geology really quick. So uh, we, we can see on this map here that this, uh, this blue dotted line going through here, that's a sulfurous thrust fault, which is responsible for all of the KSM deposits and the, the gold storm and, and potentially these other two on the other side of gold storm. Um, so that has in the perfect place for that. And we have the Kaiba line here, which was right. Jeff Kaiba and, Noel, and Joanne Nelson's report from 2014, regional geologist saying that really the big deposits up in this area are found within a few kilometers of this contact between the volcanic rock on the right and the sedimentary rock on the left. And of course, that's running right through the property as well. And, and then there's certain type of specific geology called geoclastic sequencing that we're not gonna get into, which is there as well. And so uh, when you look at the, the geology of it, uh, everything's lining up perfectly for uh, another major deposit. And, and if we uh, just move to the, the next slide here, you'll see that uh, this area right here is the gold storm here is, sorry, the gold storm's up here. The perfect storm is here. And, and Ken always talks about this, this natural rhythm or sequencing to this major system. And you can see it about every two and a half kilometers is the Kerr, then the Sulphurets, then the Mitchell. The snowfield happens to be the top half of the Mitchell. Then there's the iron cap. Then the gold storm is right where it should be geologically within this system. You've referred to that before as a string of pearls almost. Yeah, the string of, yeah, Ken's called it a string of pearls, just really big pearls. <laughs> so, and then, then here's our, our gold storm here. And they are gonna put some drills over here in Eureka, a few of them. It, it's possible that that could actually be the top half of this is similar to the snowfield and the Mitchell. So um, this is actually uh, a great slide here so that you can see it's right where it should be. And then um, the geophysics as well. So if we if we look at this area right here, it's highlighted. Um, that's a magnetic anomaly. Underneath that, there's actually a magne magnetotelluric anomaly as well, which shows that the the rock has the right impedance to be able to uh, host gold like it has 
in all of these other these other ones all have magnetotelleric anomalies as well so does the perfect storm and i have to talk about this uh this magnetic anomaly here um uh, ken has said that the magnetite came in at the same time as the other mineralizing events that took place and so he thinks that um the magnetic anomaly is somewhat representative of the potential of what could be there and, and when you look at that this this <laughs> has the people potential be thrilled to... i mean what company in the world would be thrilled having either gold storm or perfect storm and you've got <laughs> both of them sitting side by side exactly and then one last feature and then we got to move on but um that's this other thing called the bruce jack fault which which runs right up through here and um uh, the, the, the rich stuff and the, the Bruce Jack mine and everything else, um, it's called Valley of the Kings. And it's all on the, the east side here of this fault. And what was interesting was that um, if you actually go back and read your press releases carefully, you'll find that there was high grade uh, stuff found, uh, stock work found within the gold storm. And, and it's very similar to the, the stock work that, that is the Valley of Kings stock work. And so there's potential, certainly, since this is much closer, to, to find even more of that here and potential for it to actually become significant in that deposit. So the, these are the geological and geophysical reasons why it's called the perfect storm. <clears throat> and it, is, uh, it was drilled last year, a couple of small holes just over on the edge of it. Uh, they didn't have permitting at the time. Now they have permitting and they're going to go in and actually uh, drill this thing as well. So um, the, the, the potential of that one is, <laughs> is, is pretty fantastic. So, um, and then if I uh, switch over here, this again is just showing this fault line coming up right here and intersecting with the other fault line. And, uh, and, and right about here, George, is where I crashed in, in the helicopter back in 2008. But that's, that's another story that, that well, you that's might news remember. news to me, but okay, we'll, we'll leave that in the future. But that's where you crashed. I didn't even know you crashed a helicopter. Yeah, I thought right I told you that. We we all walked away. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Um, but uh, it is it, just showing that you know potential where you could have this type of stock work if you actually look at um, uh, the presentation for Tudor Gold. And I have to mention this, um, and that's that I, I wanted to be accurate with what Tudor Gold is doing on this project. They are the operators. We have a 20% fully carried interest, but they are the operators, it's their program. And so I'm using their slides to make sure that I'm accurate on everything. And it's a it's a fantastic um, presentation. I think everyone should go to Tudor's website and look at their presentation. I'm only just showing you a couple slides from that. But um, this is just one slide showing the, the high grade stuff that I was talking about, where you have visible gold in the core and, and, and that type of thing, so in, in quartz veins. So. Um, to sum up the program, ultimately, it's converting the 7.9 million ounces of inferred over to measured and indicated to find the limits of the, the gold storm system, and then to start the focus towards, you know, test the Eureka and, and do a lot more work on perfect storm. And then, of course, there have ongoing baseline studies for environmental studies, that type of thing. And the other really critical thing here is work towards a, uh, a PEA, which is a preliminary economic assessment. That's a major point um, uh, accomplishment for a company to be able to do. And, and that's and, based. And, and, and to do that, how big is the 2021 program versus the 2020 program? Because the 2020 program gave you 
an immense amount of amazing data. How big is the 2021 it, it program did. relative so, to that? So the 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 last year's program was just over 40,000 meters. And and this year, uh, they're being projected at, at 50,000 meters plus. So uh, we, we'll have to see how that goes. I have no um, doubt of their ability to be able to accomplish that. The first part, they've already raised money for, for phase one. And I believe that they'll be able to have no problems raising money for as much as they want to do in, in phase two as well. This is one of the beautiful things about this program is, is most projects up there are about three, three and a half months. And these guys are double that because they go in and they're on the ice and they leave at when they're on the ice. And so they have a much wider window. Uh, that's, why said, there's, that's why Tudor and the team is such an incredible partner to have. By the way, last question. What's the... What's the status of your relationship with Tudor? Because sometimes, you know, these relationships can be very distant. You know, don't yeah. call us, we'll call you. What's the nature <laughs> of your relationship with, with, with Tudor? Sure. And, and we're done with the slides now as well. So um, if you want to take that down. Um, so Tudor's actually been a, a great company to work with. They really are. Um, it starts at the top with Walter Storm, who, if anyone doesn't know, was involved in Osisco becoming Osisco and funding them for the Malarctic mine, which is now Canada's largest mine um, uh, for gold. And uh, just very, very successful. And he's brought that successful attitude and management skills uh, into uh, Tudor Gold. And then he's he's surrounded himself with good people as well. So he has uh, Herbert, who he works with, and he has Ken, who he works with. He's the guy in the limelight because he's the the rock star geologist uh, who's making all this happen. Uh, but also Sean Pinnell, uh, who's the logistical guy and the drilling guy and everything else. And when you consider, just take last year as an example, over 40,000 meters drilled. And this is in a year when they had absolutely crappy weather up there and they had the COVID stuff to deal with. And yet they didn't yeah. have any problems with either. They pulled the whole thing off. Um, they're going to do the same thing this year. And, and I'll just summarize it with this, you know, especially in the last couple of years since Ken has got involved, really everything they said they were going to do, they did. And then some. They've exceeded expectations every, every step along the way. I have no reason to not think they won't exceed expectations this year. Do we expect, uh, the uh, real quickly, do we expect mm -hmm. that, obviously, by the end of 2021, you have, where do we go from here, what the priorities are, but when do you think results will start coming out from the drill program that's already started? Ballpark. I, I'm not asking, I, I'm not asking I, I, I swore, dates, but. Last year was such a debacle, George, that... I, I, I swore I would uh, never say that, add to that again. <laughs> um, last year, they started to come out with results in July. But, um, you know, that depends just so much, so much on the assay labs, right? And the assay they were labs... hindered last year by, by the way, the debacle wasn't you guys or Tudor, just oh. COVID hit, everything was backed up, you know, and it just caused, it just caused issues. Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> uh, see, in, in fairness to them, you know, they, they, they were just absolutely slammed. Um, hopefully they've accommodated for that this year. But I expect, you know, a steady news flow really from, you know, sometime in July all the way through to, you know, well, well into the first quarter of next year. And then as, you, as we just mentioned, they're working on a, a PEA for, for next year, which would be just absolutely fantastic as well. And I'd be remiss really quickly Stinger Resources was spun out in March. 
how's that going? How's the Dunwall going? And we'll oh, have a whole other oh. webcast on that. But just <laughs> since since we're here, people probably say, I wonder how what's going on at Stinger. That, that, that's a good point. I'll, I'll just point out one other thing real quick before uh, the Stinger, and that's that American Creek does have another project called the Awestruck Bonanza up in central BC. And uh, it's, a, it's a great property, and we'll be coming out with a program on that in the near future here. Um, but switching over to Stinger Resources uh, and the Dunwell. Dunwell is so fantastic. Um, when you, I, I keep seeing all these different companies and so forth up in the Golden Triangle, and I, I think they all have great stories, but none of them are closer. Um, <laughs> we're, we're literally, you know, 15 minutes from the Adit down to the shipping port. And um, what we were looking at is... You know, there's all these super high grade, it's a polymetallic system with super high grade gold. You know, historically, uh, it was mined at about 6.7 grams per ton gold and about equivalent to that in silver, lead and zinc. And so uh, a lot of it's right along a main fissure zone with a fault running through it. And that's where we focused our drills. So uh, we did about 3,800 meters of drilling um, over just over 20 holes or so, mostly shallow drilling in this case. And so uh, we've uh, sent those off for assay. And again, I'm not committing to when we're going to get assays back because <laughs> we never know on that. But the, the drilling's gone really well. You know, we, visually, we have encountered, um, you know, bands of mineralization on there and, and come across, uh, you know, sphalerite, which, which is zinc, and, and galena, which is silver and, and lead. And so... And, and usually gold isn't visible, so we'll have to wait for the assays to come back on that. But All we're right. really excited about that. It's going very well. Thanks for asking. Kelvin, thanks for joining us today, man. Amazing overview, uh, especially going over the slides together, visually helping people understand uh, what's going on at Treaty Creek, what gold storm is, what perfect storm is, how gold storms initial resource estimate ranks. I thought that was powerful, and I can't wait to see what all you guys are going to pull off in 2021. Well, thanks very much. I think I, I think of it, we're just at a hugely opportune time right now, especially given how undervalued we are for our shareholders. So uh, I, I think right now is the best time, regardless of company involved, uh, to invest in this project. Thanks for joining us, Kelvin. We'll have you back soon. Have a great day. Take care. For everybody home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast that Kelvin Burton of American Creek Resources trades on the TSX Venture Exchange out of the stock symbol AMK. Uh, for those who are new to the story, because you've seen some of the recent headlines, expanded drilling, all sorts of the 43101 resource coming out that came out, uh, and you want to know more about American Creek, first go to the profile page on the GORCOM because there's a lot going on here and there's geology involved and that can get complicated. So we've got it all summarized in good layman's 10,000, I don't even want to say 30,000 feet, 10,000 foot view. So you got a great view of it. And then, of course, right above Kelvin, you can see head over to americancreek.com to do your deep dive due diligence. Guys, you see what's going on. You see the size of the drill program. Four drills going on right now. They're going to add a couple more for six. The JV Partners, Tudor Gold, Walter Storm has already found and commercialized an elephant. Uh, so you've got to assume he's hunting, hunting for elephants again. Uh, and now you got to find out if American Creek, Tudor Gold are on to something. Only you can do that due diligence. We've told you everything we can tell you. Just don't say by the end of this year that we didn't tell you so back in June. Have a great day. See you next time. Bye.